The AP Pro Football Podcast is presented by Cairn University. Hi, this is Joe Montana. This is Dak Prescott. Hey, this is Jason Kelsey, and you're listening to Rob Motti. Rob Motti. Rob Motti. I am Rob Motti, and welcome to the AP Pro Football Podcast. It's a special Sunday edition as we lead into Super Bowl week. We're going to have daily episodes live from Radio Row in L.A. leading into Super Bowl 56, Cincinnati Bengals, and the Los Angeles Rams. But we're going to start it off with a special Sunday conversation with Indianapolis Colts head coach Frank Reich. We sat down, we chatted about the Colts, their disappointing finish, quarterback Carson Wentz. We talk about Frank's career path. He was once labeled the best backup quarterback in NFL history. We know he's the comeback kid. He went to seminary school. He was a pastor, went back to the NFL as a coach, and and he's also working with his Not Today Foundation, fighting against child trafficking. It's a powerful conversation with a man who's using his platform to make a positive impact and really help in areas that are desperately needed. Located 25 minutes from Center City, Philadelphia, Cairn University is a biblical university centered on Christ and His Word. In any one of our 70-plus on-campus or online programs, you will receive an explicitly biblical and intentionally Christian education that integrates your faith and work. Be taught and mentored by invested faculty. Participate in a dynamic campus life and grow in your faith as you prepare for what's next. Learn more about our undergrad and graduate programs at cairn.edu. That's C-A-I-R-N dot E-D-U. Frank Reich played 13 seasons in the NFL with Buffalo, Carolina, the Jets, and Lions. He was 2-0 as a starter in the playoffs, including leading the Bills to the biggest comeback win in NFL history, and it was against the Houston Oilers. They were down 35-3 in a playoff game. He also led the biggest comeback in college football at the time when he played at Maryland. Frank returned to the NFL as an assistant coach. He was the offensive coordinator in Philly when the Eagles won the Super Bowl in 2017. He's been a head coach for the Colts now since 2018. He took them to the playoffs twice in four years. He's had four different starting quarterbacks in his four seasons. Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, Phillip Rivers, and Carson Wentz. Frank and his wife, Linda, they've started the Not Today Foundation to help fight against the sexual abuse and the exploitation of children. You can find a lot of information about it on nottoday.org. That's K-N-O-T-Today.org. Here's my conversation with Colts head coach, Frank Reich. Frank, thank you so much for joining me. You are a man who is very inspirational to a lot of people, a guy I got tremendous respect for. So I really appreciate the conversation. And I would love to talk to you about the work that you're doing with the Not Today Foundation. What inspired you to start it and really to fight against what I consider one of the worst evils in the world, child trafficking? Rob, you're exactly right. We, My wife and I, my wife, Linda, and I feel the same way. And, you know, through the years, Linda has been serving in this area at different places along our NFL journey, you know, from city to city. And one of the reasons, Rob, that she got started in that early, she saw firsthand effects with friends and associates over the years of, of the carnage of that and how, how evil and horrific it is. And she always 
wanted to really make a difference in that space. So as we got in the NFL world, traveling from city to city, she's always dived in into each city that we're at to try to help in some way. So when I got the head coaching job with the Colts and we said, okay, now that we're in this position in this city, you know, what's, what's the next step? What does this look like? And that's when we started the Not Today Foundation. When we think about trafficking, it's something, Frank, that I, I thought was faraway countries, third world countries. But the reality is, is, as you said, you've seen it in right here. It's happening in the U.S. and in various cities. So how much does that shape the focus of what Not Today is doing? Because there are organizations who look at the international space but how much are you guys looking at what's going on right here in our country? Yeah, I'm glad you bring that up, Rob, because you're right. First of all, there are so many amazing organizations around the country and around the world fighting this horrific problem. And that's why it was it was ironic to me when here I get, I get this head coaching job for a, an NFL team in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And when Linda's like, we need to start a foundation now that you have this platform and we want to use this in the right way we need to start this foundation to fight this issue. And I'm like, well, that's great. I'm all into it, but we live in the Midwest. And then you find out that it's everywhere. It it knows no boundaries. And, and a lot of what we focus on is the trafficking side is a huge part of it, but, and we all know the international things and we've seen the movies and we've seen the statistics and the clips, which we, which keep us up at night, but there's equally bad stuff going on in neighborhoods uh, that are right near us. Um, that are all over U.S. cities, smaller, quote unquote, trafficking rings of children being sexually abused and exploited in horrific ways. That's what we have found out more than anything, Rob. And so we're really taking a multi-level approach. It is grassroots, boots on the ground in these small communities, making a difference, but also using the NFL platform to have a major impact on a national and international level. Frank, I'll be honest with you. I get frustrated sometimes that there isn't more outrage, that the media doesn't prioritize the need to fight against trafficking. Like I feel sometimes, why isn't everyone standing up to fight this? Why don't we see uh, more about this on the news? And as I said, it's our biggest evil. What challenges have you discovered, noticed as you're trying to raise awareness and fight against it? Yeah, that's such a good point, because that's really what uh, that's been our battle cry. Like, why? What's going on here? Why? You, we all know that this is one of the most horrific crimes, if not the most horrific crime there could be. That, that children who are actually looking to adults to protect them and nurture them and help them to grow up to live mature, holistic lives are the actual ones who are using that trust that children are placing in them and then exploiting them and abusing them for their own good. It doesn't get any worse than that. And so, yeah, there is a side of what we're doing that we want to stand up on the rooftop and tell the world and and try to bring an awareness and, and and wake up the world to this horrific problem. The other side of that coin is, We've been so encouraged, Rob, like so encouraged, because when you sit down and you talk to people like yourself and so many other people that we've talked to, what we're finding is that people do realize how horrific this is, but they don't know what to do. They're not sure what to do. And that's really a lot of what not today where we fit in, where a lot of the other organizations that are fighting this problem fit in, because, you know, we want to be on the front lines so that those who want to help can kind of come through our organization and say, hey, if you here's the ways we're combating this problem. And 
join us in this mission. And if it's not us, there's other organizations that, that are specializing in other things. Then join one of those organizations to fight this battle. Awareness, we know, is very important to help prevention. But Frank, also restoration for survivors is a significant part of this and not today focuses on there's that intersection right between mental health and child sexual abuse and exploitation. Uh, I spoke to Kalen Jackson recently about the Ursa families kicking the stigma initiative. And I know they're very supportive of your work and what you're doing with not today. How important is it really to recognize these issues? They overlap and survivors of trafficking and, and abuse, they really need mental health support along the way going forward. Yeah, no doubt. And the, the fight that the Ursa family is fighting on the mental health side, the kicking the stigma campaign. Wow. I mean, that thing is just taken, uh, you know, taken the country by storm. I mean, they've initiated so many positive things and it's such a blessing for us to be connected right with them. They've been Kaylin Ursay Jackson and Mr. Ursay and the whole Ursay family has been so supportive of us. And we really do see the overlap, right? Because unfortunately, as you said, Rob, you know, we're doing everything we can do to create awareness. We're doing everything we can do to prevent this from happening. Like let's, let's get on the front side of this. Let's prevent this. But the reality is it's still going on in, in crazy numbers. So there's a lot of carnage. There's a lot of people who who, who are needing help and the mental health side of this, there is a major connection that even when, even when um, a child is restored, when they're rescued, when they're restored, there's a lifelong battle to get back to full mental health. And that's why partnering with the Ursa family in the kicking the stigma campaign is such a big deal. Frank, I sign off every radio show, podcast, whatever it is that I do, I sign it off with really what's my philosophy on life, make a difference, be a blessing. Just a reminder to folks out there who are listening and I believe personally in using my platform, uh, as big or small as it may be, the best way that I can to try and make that difference and be that blessing. Now, as players and as coaches and in the NFL, you you have a bigger platform now, right, more than ever. And the, the finances and the resources greater than ever. So we could talk about wins and losses and you're judged by Super Bowls and all that, championships. But, man, how how vital is it to use that platform, those resources to invest back into the community. Yeah, it's critically important. And, and Linda, my wife, Linda, and I, that's what we said from my playing days to the coaching days, um, the really understanding the holistic opportunity that you have to make a difference in every way. You know, that, that there are, you know, with the platform you have, you don't want to, I don't even know how, what's the right, right way to say it, Rob, that you understand, you don't take the platform for granted. The NFL and the NFL organizations around this country do an unbelievable job of giving back to the community and providing the players and coaches an opportunity to give back. And I just really believe that's our responsibility to do that. This is a, you know, we know not every, you know, doesn't not everybody loves football, but in this country, a lot of people do. And it can be something that can unite us together, that it can unite people together that have a common vision that, hey, we can enjoy football and all the cool things that, that brings and how exciting it is and fun. And, you know, when we need just to take a break from the stresses of life that we can watch a football game for three hours. But that's not all it is. That's not all it is. It, it brings people together and we can really help serve our communities if, if we take that mindset. No doubt. And that's why I appreciate guys like yourself and, and so many others who, who are using that platform to really make that difference, to, to help people in, in so many different ways. Frank, I, I want to ask you about 
because I thought this was just a beautiful moment. Week 11, I believe it was, you guys beat the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. And right after that game in the your post-game news conference, you kind of talked about the lyrics from a song in Christ Alone and how that's inspired you uh, along the way. And I know you were in, involved in so many ways in ministry. Can you just tell me a little bit about how that song really, I think more and more people need to hear that message. Uh, that song has meant so much to me through the years. Uh, you know, it's been, you know, really since 1993 or um, since I've been listening to that song and and going back into that stadium and having a moment like that just reminded me of it again. That And, and what I referenced was, hey, in in football, we always talk about climbing the mountain to try to reach the top, reach the top of the mountain, but there's, it's never easy. There's always obstacles. You know, there's times we don't make, there's circumstances that come in and, and prevent us from getting there. Sometimes they're self-inflicted. Sometimes they're not self-inflicted, but you know, where, where are we finding our source of strength and our source of hope? And so that was really the message, Rob, that for me through my life uh, and my career as a player, as a coach, as a husband, as a father, you know, that, Jesus Christ has been the center of my life. He's the foundation. And what I've learned and continuing to learn is that, you know, that's not just a separate thing that, hey, if I go to church or, you know, have a devotional time, that that really, if it's really that significant, if it's really that important to me, it's going to affect everything I do. It's going to affect how I coach. It's going to affect the type of husband I am, the type of father I am. And I'm not perfect. I mess up every day, but I continually draw my, my strength and the vision for my life from my relationship with Christ. And that's beautifully said. Both of your parents now, they were, they were teachers and coaches, right? So how did they influence your leadership style? I mean, they were the role models in my life that really demonstrated to me in the most significant ways of what servant leadership is all about. Um, you know, my dad was, this, was a big, strong, intimidating-looking man, um, but he's the best leader that I've ever seen. You know, he was a, a high school teacher and football coach um, for many, many years. And his, his love for other, you know, even though he was this big, tough, intimidating guy, his love for the game, his love for other people, his love to compete, but, but he always kept the right perspective. It wasn't just about the X's and O's. It was about helping young men grow and mature in every area of their life. My mom, the same way, she was a teacher and a coach. You know, she taught several, uh, she coached several sports. And for me to witness the, the impact that they had just at the high school level, and even as they retired and got older and all of their former players would come back and send them messages, cards, come and visit them. The impact that they had, it was, it was so encouraging to see. I look at your, your career and the journeys that you've taken and God called you in different ways along the road. Now you, you could have been a pastor after your playing career and stayed in that, in that area, but you came to the NFL and it's a different calling to live out your faith in your marketplace do you see some confusion sometimes for other men, for other people, how, how to try and, and combine both, how to really take what God blessed us with, our talents and our abilities, and, and maybe just go use that in our sphere of influence? Absolutely. I think sometimes it's easy for all of us to fall into the trap to say, hey, our faith world is over here, and then our work world or our family world is over here. And that's probably been you know the biggest thing that I've learned over the years is that, because I did, as you said, Rob, I, I 
the the path, my path to get here, you know, player. Then I was in full-time ministry and I, I was in a business venture, you know, was in a business venture. And then I eventually got back into coaching and I've had people say, man, it looks like your career is kind of zigzagged all over the place. Um, and, and I say, well, on the outside, yes, but on the inside, no, you know, it's always been about, you know, living out my faith in Christ, making the most impact, living my life according to kingdom principles, being inspired and um, by the intimacy for me, Rob, it's all about the intimacy that I have in my relationship with Christ, that um, from that, what I have experienced, what I have experienced is that gives me whatever wisdom I need, whatever juice I need as a coach, whatever, you know, whatever strength I need, that's the center of it. You know, that's the center of it. And to learn that I don't have to go into full-time ministry to be a minister of the gospel, um, that I can do that as a football coach, as a player. It doesn't mean that I'm beating people over the head with the Bible and, you know, that, that whole, it just means organically and dynamically living out your faith, always being prepared to tell others for the hope in which you have. Well, when we think about your playing career, we think about the two comebacks. You're the, the comeback kid, the one in college and, and the playoff game with the Buffalo Bills. How often does that come up? I mean, you're several years removed from that. You're a coach now. You've won a Super Bowl as an assistant coach. But when people talk to you, how often does it come up, those two comebacks? And when you think about leadership, when you think about fate, when you think about all of those intangibles, how did that help you in those moments? Tremendously keeps you grounded, keep your poise, you know, understanding that, um, you know, it, the walk of faith is just take the next step. And so like in those games, in those comeback games, when the circumstances are, you know, seem overwhelming, you know, what's the answer? Take the next step. In other words, make one first down, you know, score one touchdown, continue to believe, continue to have hope. Those are all things that are dynamic part of your faith life that really can they don't just go away in other aspects of your life. We train ourselves in many ways. Our faith life is the foundation. Our faith in Christ is the foundation from which it organically connects to every part of your life. And I, and I've always believed this at some level that, that Christians as, as, as if we can have a dynamic uh, relationship with Christ, that, that, that should show in every area. I mean, it, it should make me a better football player. It should make me a better football player. It should make me a better coach. My, my faith doesn't mean that, hey, well, uh, my relationship with Christ is more important than football. Yes, it is. But that doesn't mean that football is not really important to me. It doesn't. It actually means that as I live out my faith in Christ, it should make me even better in the work that I do. No, no doubt. Frank, you're going to get an opportunity to coach a couple times a year against Doug Peterson as he's going to get the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach job. What's that going to be like? Uh, obviously, you guys have a great relationship, know each other very well, won a Super Bowl together. It's going to be amazing. Uh, you know, we are love Doug. We're very close. We continue to stay in touch. I'm so happy for him and obviously well-deserved, you know, a, a Super Bowl winning head coach. Um, he'll go down there to Jacksonville. I honestly wish it wasn't in our division, you know, because <laughs> he and I are so close, but uh, we'll have fun with it. Um, it's certainly great for the city of Jacksonville. Speaking of that Super Bowl, are you aware that Eagles fans really give you a ton of the credit and well-deserved, but how's that make you feel when, when you hear four years now to, to the day down the road that, hey, they don't win that without Frank? 
Yeah, it makes me feel uncomfortable, but I would say this. It makes me also always remember what we would tell our children, what Linda and I would tell our children growing up is that we'd, we'd say this. We'd say, hey, don't ever worry. Don't concern yourself about getting the credit. It's contribution over credit. You know, just try to make a contribution. And so when I look back on, you know, really my whole career, but if, you know, we're talking about that Super Bowl year in 2017, that's what is so special about this game is that we all made a contribution, right? I mean, Doug was our leader. He was the head coach. He was the Super Bowl winning head coach. I was the offensive coordinator, so I had a role, and I wanted to contribute, and I gave everything I had to contribute to the best season that we could have, and, and it ended up in a Super Bowl victory. So, and obviously, this game is all about the players, right? So it's the players on the field that are really getting it done. But as a coach or as an offensive coordinator in that situation, that's really my mindset, Um just focus on making contribution. Don't worry about the credit. Frank, how much does the disappointment of missing the playoffs linger? Are, are you already beyond that now and focused on the next season? And, and you look at the Bengals, you look at the Rams, you see them in the Super Bowl. How far off are the Colts from playing in that game? I don't think we're far off. Obviously, the end of the season was incredibly brutal um, and, and, and difficult. And it lingers. I mean, you know, so there's part of you, right? You heal and you move on. But the analogy I used with our team and even in the media was it's a scar. You know, it's like you, it was a wound that it gradually scars up. And then you look down and, you know, just like when if you ever had a surgery, you know, you look at you look at that scar and you remember what happened, how you got injured and and it can motivate you. So, yeah, the, looking back on uh, the end of the season, it, it was it was rough, but you learn from it. Um, a little bit of it will linger. You know, we'll remember, use it as motivation going forward. Now, I know you're still evaluating the roster. Carson Wentz is part of that process. Everyone's part of that process. What did you see in Carson this season? Because we saw a player in 2017 who was at the top of his game. He was a MVP candidate and maybe would have won it if it wasn't for that knee injury. Had some injuries, had some difficulty. What did you see in him in his his rebound season? Yeah, I agree with you. I, I certainly think he would have won the MVP in 2017. I mean, he was having an unbelievable season. And I really think, you know, what he did in 18 and 19, there was a ton of really good football. Um, you know, 20 was a rough year, really, for that whole organization. But I thought, you know, 21, what he did here when we got him here, we knew it was coming off a rough year in 20. But uh, I thought Carson did a lot of great things. It was fun to be reunited with him. Obviously, we have a close relationship. You know, when I think back to how our team progressed, how he progressed, a ton of good stuff. We're, we're all sitting here looking at ourselves at nine and eight, missing the playoffs, saying, you know, I could have coached better. Every player saying we could have played a little bit better. But when I look at some of the things Carson did, like 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions, I mean, that's a pretty impressive year. Um, there were a lot of other things. He did make some big plays in big moments. So a lot of good things for, for him, a, a lot of good things for our team, even in spite of the, the difficult season. And, but we just have to learn. All of us have to learn and get better. Well, we know when you win, the coach and the quarterback get a lot of the credit. And when you lose, the coach and the quarterback always get too much of the blame. Uh, Frank, I really appreciate this conversation, spending time with you, learning more about not today and, and the work that you're doing to fight, like I said earlier, one of the biggest, if not the worst evil in our world. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rob. Take care. Located 25 minutes from Center City, Philadelphia, Cairn University is a biblical university centered on Christ and His Word. In any one of our 70-plus on-campus or online programs, you will receive an explicitly biblical and intentionally Christian education that integrates your faith 
and work. Be taught and mentored by invested faculty. Participate in a dynamic campus life and grow in your faith as you prepare for what's next. Learn more about our undergrad and graduate programs at cairn.edu. That's C-A-I-R-N dot E-D-U. That's it for our special Sunday conversation and our first Super Bowl 56 episode of the AP Pro Football Podcast. Thank you to Frank Reich and thank you for listening. Please be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your pods. Also check out my colleague Ralph Russo and his AP Top 25 College Football Podcast. Now remember, I'll have a new episode daily this week from Radio Row in LA. We've got an awesome lineup of guests coming up. Until the next one, I'm Rob Motti reminding you, make a difference. Be a blessing. The AP Pro Football Podcast is presented by Cairn University.